I think we can all relate to when we as family get into a discussion about God or even religion, and we all have maybe different points of views, especially when you put a group of people who have different personalities together. A husband and wife who grew up differently, you put them together, you're going to have different views. Your kids who are growing up in school and, and growing up around their peers, where they're getting a lot of information from them and from uh, the internet or the media, you bring the family together with different views, you're going to get that kind of uh, discussion. And it's okay in the family when you're discussing things, especially when it comes to God, because we, we do need to come together as family to figure things out. In our series, The Value of Ohana, what we're learning is that God values family. He really does. It was His idea to put our family together. So if you have a problem with your family, you got to get back to God. Because it was his idea. You couldn't choose your parents. You couldn't choose your kids. It wasn't up to you. It was God's idea. And when the family is working right, and when God designed the family, and it's working the way he designed it to work, there's nothing more beautiful than the family of God. Now, some of our kids, they may not believe in God. Maybe they've strayed from God. Maybe they, uh, maybe they don't even want to have any, uh, uh, anything to do with God. Maybe they're still young and they're kids and, and they love God. They love Jesus Christ. And you want to protect them from the world so that the world doesn't pull them away from God. And we deal with all of these things because we want to keep our family strong in the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Because as parents, we do want to do that. What do you do when, you're, when you don't have a family, when you're single, but you want to have a family? Or you're single and you're thinking of a career and, and, and this is the direction you want to pursue. Or maybe you're a single parent. Maybe you're dating. And you're wondering, well, where do I fit in this whole idea of the value of ohana? How do I, as a, as a, a newlywed, become a family? And, and how do I... How do I find that, that blessing or release from my, my family that I grew up with? How do I become my own family without hurting my parents or my in-laws? How do I do that? Because it's a difficult thing to become a family, even with God in the picture, because we deal with other human beings. We're all flawed creatures. We all make mistakes. Turn to the person next to you and say, you make mistakes. And I know what some of you spouses are thinking, so don't say it. We all belong in the family of God. But he's also giving, you guys are still saying stuff, enough, that's enough. But we all belong in the family of God. And even more than just belonging in the family of God, he uses that, that principle of being involved in his family as a way for us to be involved in our family. Because it's the family of God that gives us certain principles and certain guidelines on how we can be the family God created us to be in keeping our family strong. There was a, a, a survey taken, and they took about 70 couples, uh, married couples and newlywed couples, and they, they sat them in the room and just told them to talk for 15 minutes. And they actually videotaped them speaking to one another. Well, after they were done with all the interviews or the, the couples talking with each other, this one study was made, and, and they did this thing called the magic ratio, which is a five-to-one ratio. 
And they said that this ratio will help determine if these people will stay married, if their families will stay strong. And the five to one ratio was if this couple said five positive things to one negative thing, they'd do pretty well. But if it was opposite and they said one positive thing but had five negative things, they, w- they weren't going to do well. Ten years go by in this whole entire study. They bring the couples back in and they were 94% accurate on the divorce rate. Just by 15 minutes of, this cup, of these couples talking with one another. And I thought... How can we learn from that five to one ratio in keeping our families strong? Because it's not just between married couples. It's with, it's with us in life. It's with us at work. Even as bosses, the study showed that it was a three to one ratio. If we're giving three positives and one negative, there's, there's a good chance of a good working relationship. There was a good chance even as parents from a nine to one ratio with kids. It takes nine positives for one negative in raising up our kids because they're receiving so many negative things from their peers from other people in school so by the time they come home if we're still giving them negative things it's it's going to weaken the family well god wants us to have a strong family he wants us to build strong families we already start off on not a good note because there's no perfect family there's no perfect family. We all have flawed uh, flaws. We're flawed creatures. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. If you do have your Bibles, uh, you can turn to Genesis chapter 2, and I'll read from verses 18 to 24. And, and if you don't, you have your notes, and, and uh, I'll read some of it, and then we'll have our scripture together that, uh, that we all can read. But in Genesis chapter 2, as we saw in that, that video... Let's get back to the Bible and what the Bible is saying about, about what it means to be family and how God created the family. Because in the beginning, when God created everything, everything was perfect. You know, everything was, was exactly how God wanted it to be. And it was us as human beings who chose to stray from God. So in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said that it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, comparable to him. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam and to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living thing, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. Now Adam is naming all these animals. And in the meantime, he's building relationship with these animals. It's like he's getting, he's getting familiar with all the different animals and he's naming them according to what he believes they should be called. But at the same time, even though all these animals were around, for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Now he had helpers, he had, he had animals that probably could help and do things, but there was not one comparable to him. And then this is what God does. In verse 21, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. See, that's why husbands sleep a lot. It's, it's just a part of life. 
And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. And let's read this scripture together, okay? Because it's very important for us to understand this part. And it should come up on the screens and, and we'll read it together. It should. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's read it together. Ready, go. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know what the Bible is saying is, as a family, we must learn to become one. And if you're taking notes, you can write that in, that we must learn to become one. It's more than just a unity factor or a spirit of unity. Because even though our family may not be perfect, we can keep the family strong by learning these key components that God built in the family in the first place. It's learning to become one. Not just as, as an individual, but, but as family. Not just as a married couple, but as family. Because the principle of God making us one as husband and wife should permeate the entire family. And then we should become one unit, one family that God has put together. He created them male and female. And then we have children that he allows us to raise up that should be in his way. I know many of us, we didn't grow up in, a, in an environment where God was included. And so we try our very best to raise up our kids the best way we know how. And we kind of figure things out on our own. And sometimes we'll, we'll come to a place where we're thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my kids. So we try our very best. And then later on in life, when our kids make mistakes, we feel like failures. But we've got to understand that our kids have a mind of their own. And although we'll do our very best to, to provide for them and raise them up in the ways of the Lord, they're still going to make their decisions. But that's why it's so important that we become one as a family. It doesn't mean that our kids have to do everything that we do. It doesn't mean that if I become this type of person or this is my career or, or this is what I always wanted to do that my kids have to do that that's not what the Bible is saying it's saying that there's a oneness in the family that if one falls we all fall if one does well we all rejoice that we're one unit together we're a family that we support each other we encourage each other we have that ratio of, of that 5 to 1 or that 9 to 1 that we're encouraging each other because where else are they going to get it the world doesn't have enough encouragement to usher our kids and our family into the direction of God. Oh, it'll encourage. It'll say you got talent. It'll say you can do this. You have the freedom. It'll give them the kind of encouragement, encouragement they need to do whatever they want, but it won't be the kind of encouragement that we can give to them provided from God. That's why it says the two shall become one. That oneness that God is talking about is, is to go one way or another. It's saying you either go this way or that way. You're either going to cleave or not. And that cleave, when the Bible says to become one, that, that no longer do they, are they in this family, but now they cleave to their spouse. That there is actually a, a departing from this family to now your new family. Especially when you get married. 
because it is impossible to cleave to my spouse and children by still cleaving to my mom and dad. It is impossible to become one unit when we're still cleaving to this family. Listen, family will always be family. But God creates family in such a way that when we're from this family and we're raised up in the best way possible, and then God brings along another family, it doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. It means God has brought you to a new family to build up, to encourage, to do the very same thing that happened here. What happens is sometimes we're, we're, we're still clinging to this family, but we want to cling to this family. And what happens is we just break apart and we don't cleave to anyone. And then turmoil sets in. Complaining sets in. And then now there's two broken families. And God designed it in a way to cleave to your family. Hard to do that when you become a, a newlywed couple. Because you've grown up for years that this is my family. And we've learned to grow in the, the mentality of a hey, family first. And that's good. But when now you have another family family first it's hard to do now I grew up in my family it was a single parenting household so we were already dysfunctional we we didn't know that that we were a, a so-called dysfunctional family we thought that's how all families were so it was normal to us so I'm not dysfunctional at all I'm okay if you realize that by now but we're all dysfunctional in some kind of way but our families, when we grow up, we learn certain things. And then I come into a new family when I, when I was now, I became married. And now I, I have this family with Heidi. And then we have children. It took us about seven years, and not in a bad way, about seven years to work out cleaving to this family. Because I would be so attached to my mom, and, and Heidi would be so attached to her family. In fact, we would be, you know, in, in our newlywed days and, and thank God for her parents that helped us, you know, get started and, and, uh, and get on our feet, which is really good. Parents, we, that's what we do. We help our kids. But when they come of age and they have their family, now they're on their own. They fly. And I remember it took us a long time because, because Heidi is so close with her family. And that's a good thing. And it took about seven years for us to cleave together as a family. Sometimes she would get a call and we had plans and, and if you know her dad who passed away about two years ago, he was the kind of person who was about family. And he would call her up and say, Heidi, I need you. And she would say, okay. And then she would leave and I'd say, where are you going? She goes, dad needs me. I said, for what? He said, he's cooking so he needs help. I'm like, where, what about us? What are we going to do? And it took us some time to work through that. We are, are going to deal with things like that. But how do you do that? How do you become one? Because when the Bible says the two are now one, but you're dealing with all kinds of pulls in different directions, how do you deal with that? Because what you don't want to do is just shut yourself off from everyone. And now, now all you are is just this fortress where you, you're, we're so controlling over our family that, that they don't, we didn't even give them opportunity to experience life. We don't give them opportunity to make friends. We don't give them opportunity to make mistakes. I've worked in the youth ministry for over 12 years. 
And one of the biggest things I've seen is when we go on the extreme side of it and we become so protective as parents, by the time they turn 18, they go wild. Some of them, not all, some of them. Because we're so protective. I cannot protect my kids better than God. I can't. But when we become one, it doesn't mean that we just stay in this fortress and that's it. Our kids are going to experience life with or without us. I'd rather them experience it with us through their mistakes. They're going to make them as kids or as adults, our choice. We can do our very best to protect them. But what happens when they become adults? How are they going to deal with life issues? Now, I'm not saying, okay, just release them and don't care. Let them go. What time should I be home, mom? Ah, whatever. I'm releasing you. I know you're seven, but you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's with that balance of understanding that the two become one. I'll try and do it in this way. And I think we understand it. If we have this family, and you have mom and dad, and then you have children, I'll make it equal. Two boys, two girls. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then now this son grows up and he's now married. The two become one. This is one of the hardest things to do as parents is letting your kids and their family become one. It's a difficult thing. I, I speak to a lot of grandparents because I'm learning as a grandparent. I say, so how, how, do, you, how do you deal with things and how, how, do you, how do you work things through and and do you have a hard time when, uh, when you go over and, and you're saying to them, oh, oh, the baby's coughing. Oh, I wonder how come he's coughing. Or are you cold? Let me check your temperature. Are you cold? And, the, and how do you work that through? And, and some of them say, oh, I had a difficult time. In fact, we would fight among each other because I'm too overbearing. And, and my kids would be like, mom, he's fine. He's okay. Yeah, but he has a temperature. No, we just came from outside. He's fine. How come he has the sniffles? You know, and, and dealing with all that kinds of things. And one of the common things I hear is, we don't think our kids can raise their kids. We think they don't know how, or they're going to drop them or forget them somewhere like we did. <laughs> but listen, they will. They will. We can't control that. We can't control the things that will happen in life. You may be in a, a single parenting kind of deal or, or maybe you've gone through a marriage and, and now you're single and, and you understand, yeah, you can't control everything. I can't make things work out how I want it to be. The Bible says it like this. Even, even uh, each of you in 1 Corinthians seven seventeen, it says each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you and remain as you were when God first called you. You know, even though we grew up in a so-called dysfunctional family, we're still able to function because we all work together as one. It's not so much that families are dysfunctional. It's we as individuals are dysfunctional because we're human beings. And the Bible says, remain as you were when God first called you. Now, it can almost seem like the scripture is saying, so I'm in, abusive, I'm in an abusive situation, so I just got to deal with it. I just got to deal with it and take the hits. I just got to deal with the verbal abuse, the physical abuse. 
I just deal with the drug abuse? I just deal with all of that? I deal with the fighting and complaining? No, no, the Bible says, the Bible says to remain as you were when God first called you. Remember who he called you to be. Don't forget who you are in him. That's the most important, that you're a child of the king, that he made you valuable, that you're more than a conqueror in Christ, that the things that happen inside of us and inside of our families, regardless of the circumstance, that God says remain who you are as when God first called you. When he first called you as a husband, when he first called you as a wife, when he first called you to be a mom or a dad, remember that calling. That's, that's what he's using to raise up kids, to build the family structure, to be stronger and stronger. It's who he called you to be in the first place. What happens is along the way, we, we start to slip into the mentality of, okay, this is, this is what I am now. Because this is what I get all day. So this is who I am. I'm the, slave, I'm the slave driver or I'm the, the one who's uh, just being dictated to or I'm being told what to do. And so now I'm just, I'm just a, a welcome mat for everyone. No, you're not. You're someone who Christ has chosen to be a part of the bigger picture of a family. For some of us, yeah, we've been through it. That now we're, we're in a situation that maybe... Maybe there's a separation or a divorce and we're wondering, well, okay, now what do I do from here on out? Or maybe you're, you're, you're just cautious of, of even dating because you've seen, what it look, you've seen what happens when you go too fast in a relationship. Or some, you're pursuing a career or going to college and, or maybe you're a teenager and you're just wondering about relationships or, or what am I going to be and, and you have all of these things to think through. You see, our, responsible, our responsibility in keeping the family strong is doing what God called us to do. Who has he called me to be? But what if I'm having a difficult time dealing with others in the family who aren't doing their part? That's why I'm trying to get my wife to church. That's why I'm trying to get my husband to church so that they hear what you're saying and they listen. Because I bring home the CD, the notes and everything. I circle things and I say, hey, this is good. You should listen to it. What do I do? How do I do that when they're not doing their part? Never underestimate the power of prayer. Can you write that in? Never underestimate the power of prayer. You know, if we prayed as much as we worried, prayed as much as we argued, prayed as much as we stress out, pray as much as we complain and grumble, we would accomplish much. That's what the Bible says. It says that in James 5.16, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. You know what the Bible is saying? Is if we put as much effort as we do in other things of complaining or the negative side, that five to one ratio, we would accomplish much in our family. You'd be amazed at what God will do. You'll think, well, I am praying for my family. I've been praying for them for years. Don't you think God sees what's coming up? Because it very well may be, not that God is not answering prayer, but in the meantime, He's, he's doing something in you as you're praying. I've known some people who've been praying for their family, their spouse, or, or whatever it may be, just to even attend church. 
And then they get involved and then they serve and then, and then they're like, oh, they're always busy because they're serving at church. You prayed for that. You're the very one who asked God for it. And now we're on the other side saying, too much, too much, too much. Well, be careful what you pray for. Because the prayer, the effective prayer of a righteous man, and the Bible is actually talking about a person, man or woman, will avail and accomplish much. You see, our prayers don't just go out there and drift away. They actually are heard by God. He does something with our prayers. And you're thinking, boy, I've been praying for years, 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 years. I, I, I don't see anything happening. Nothing's happening. My kids don't change. My spouse don't change. My situation don't change. I'm stuck here. I don't see anything happening. Years ago, we had this dream to, to bring our entire family to Disneyland. And so we prayed and we asked the Lord for direction, for the resources and the finances for it, and then for excellent stewardship over our finances. And then this is what he said to us. Well, you, you sacrifice certain things so that you can save for this. And then we started this jar where we would put um, money in it and we would kind of accumulate it. And in the beginning, it's like nothing's happening. There's nothing being saved, not so much. It took about seven years for us to save money just to go to Disneyland. It took us that long. Now, when we got there, we had the best time. And when we're there, you know what actually happens? You're, you're, you're so busy enjoying the answered prayer that you forget about the struggles you've been through getting there. When it comes to our family and God answers the prayer, don't go back to the struggle. Don't go back to, oh, it was so difficult. Go back to giving God praise, glory, and thanks for what he is doing. Because even when we don't see God moving, that's usually when he's moving. Because we don't, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. It's our faith in him that we're becoming one. He's doing something in our family. That even though everyone's not so-called doing their part, I'm going to pray that we become who God created us to be as individual members of this family as one. There are some instances where our, our kids will do some things, or we as parents, or even as singles, as singles, we, we will make decisions. Or even our, our families that, that are our extended family, our brothers and sisters, or our, our aunties and uncles, they'll be doing certain things. And it affects you. And there's certain things that, that God wants us to be a part of in a serious way. And it's found actually in the book of Matthew, Matthew 17. And in the book of Matthew, the disciples were trying to pray and cast out this one demon in this guy. And they couldn't. They came to Jesus. Jesus heals this one demon-possessed person. And the disciples are like, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus says, because in what you were trying to accomplish, this kind only comes out. And the Bible says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let me tell you a little bit about fasting and what that is. 
In this context, fasting is, is when you abstain from food. And like how Jesus went into the wilderness, he prayed and fasted for 40 days before he went into his public ministry. What he was doing is he was, he was setting his life aside so that God could be working. So by the time he did what God called him to do publicly, he had the strength, wisdom, power, endurance, perseverance, to press through the most difficult seasons that he would encounter. That's what prayer and fasting does. It brings us to a place where we're empowered by the Holy Spirit so that when we encounter those roadblocks, we'll be able to press through. And some of us will think, whoa, maybe, maybe I should do something like that. I will always say this. Before you go into fasting, first talk to your doctors because medically, that is, a, that is a situation that you want to make sure that you're medically okay with it. Or you're in good, you know, as far as physical shape and health, you want to make sure that you're healthy. If not, ask the doctors how you can get to a place where you're healthy. The second thing is that besides just the, the health part is making sure that it's the Lord. It's not in any particular order. It's not that you're going to go to the doctors first. Go to the Lord first. Make sure that it's of the Lord, that God is asking you to do this. Not just because so-and-so said this worked for their family or this worked for my life, but that you're seeking Jesus and you're doing that because Christ said so. Not because it sounds great or it might work, but because Christ said so. See, God has the power to do all kinds of impossible things in our families. And when it comes to prayer and fasting, he just wants to know how serious we are. Or are we just saying, God, fix them because I don't want to have to deal with them because I'm getting stressed out, so fix them. And, and if you can fix them, then I'm fine. But he's saying, no, you're a part of the family. You're going to be a part of what I'm doing. That prayer, that effective prayer of a righteous person can accomplish much. Never underestimate the power of prayer. See, when this happens and, and we become a new family, it's very difficult to have that release. Very difficult. In fact, right now, my son is 17 and, and he has some plans and, and we support what, what, God, what we believe God is doing in his life. And we're, we're ready for a release. In fact, when he's about 14 years old, we're, we're more preparing for the release when he turns 18. My other oldest son, he's 23 years old, and there was a release that happened. I released him to his grandmother, so you go live with your grandmother, and she can take good care of you. <laughs> release him somewhere. But it's not easy. The release must happen. It's not easy. But it must happen. Doesn't feel good. Oh, there's still a little bit of shakiness. Is there still a little bit of, of unsurety or, or wondering? There's a lot of fear. You're wondering if they're going to find their way home, if they're going to drive safely. Especially when they, if they go off to college, you're wondering if they're going to be okay. Is, are they going to be protected? Call me every night. Make sure. Make sure you call me or text me or make sure you're okay. Some, they're still living at home, and, 
And, and it's a difficult thing because you want to release them, but they're not being released. And it's a hard thing to do. Some of you, you do the old school way. You say, okay, you're 18. See ya. Or some of us, we actually prepare them. And we help them find their way. You know, God does that with us. He does a certain kind of release with us, doesn't he? Like he gives us his power, his strength. He gives us the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus did that. Remember when he ascended into heaven? He says, wait. Wait until the power from on high comes. And then when the Holy Spirit came, the believers were empowered to do the impossible. Listen, you're not releasing your kids. You're not releasing your family. You're not releasing people to just the world, to another family. You're actually releasing them to the Lord. That's what we're doing. In your last point, you can write that in. Learn to release to the Lord. See, that's the hardest part. The hardest part is, is, is we had this so-called control or this, this uh, not necessarily control, but we had, we had our hand on or our hand in our child's life. Or even for our own life, that we, we had control over our own life. But we even got to release our own lives to the Lord. Even as a single person or as a teenager, release, release your life to the Lord. That he now directs your life. As a married couple, you're releasing your, your family to the Lord. In the things that we go through, we're releasing things to the Lord. There are many things that are out of our control. We can do our very best to protect our family, but that, there's only so much that we can do. We can't protect our family from everything and everyone. We can try, but it's very difficult to do. Because when they turn 18, how will we prepare them to be released to the Lord? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, it says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You know what I love about that scripture? Is that it gets back to Jesus Christ. It gets back to the Lord. That we're trusting in the Lord. That we're acknowledging him. You know what that word acknowledge means? It means to recognize. That you're recognizing the Lord doing things. So when, when our family or our children are released or when we release them or when we cleave to our family or cleave to your spouse, look for God. Recognize Him in the things that He's doing. Be proud of your kids when they do things that go well. Sure, you could look at all the things they're not doing well, but find something that they're doing well. Find something. Recognize what God is doing in their lives and, and they may just very well Maybe learning what we weren't able to teach them. And that's okay because we're trusting them to who? The Lord. There's things that they're going to go through that we could not teach them. But the Lord says, I got it. I got it. I got it from here on out. You did well. You did well. But I got them. You keep praying for them because I got them. They'll be okay. Release him to the Lord. Recognize when he's doing things. Look for God in it. 
And when we do and we trust in the Lord, you'll see miracles upon miracles happen, not just, not just in our lives, but in our entire family. Because we're not raising children, we're actually raising adults. And we as family, although it can get difficult to cleave to our new family, God will give us the strength to do so because it's not easy. But he said, this is how I created the family. When Jesus was with his disciples, he kind of gave them the picture of what it meant to keep a family strong. And we're going to do the very same thing that Jesus did with his disciples in reminding us how, how he did that with his disciples to keep, to keep the relationship strong with God himself. Because if our relationship with God is not strong, very difficult to keep our family strong. And we're actually going to receive communion together. You may be here with your family. You may be here just with you. And if your children aren't here or your spouse is not here, you still represent your family. The ushers are going to pass out the juice and the bread. And then I'll, you hang on to the juice and the bread and then I'll come back up and then we'll receive communion together. The worship team is, is just going to remind us to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in your family. Bless the Lord with your life. And the disciples, they caught something. They understood that Jesus did this for their good. When we receive communion this morning, know that it's for our good. Because God does only good things. And he wants to keep our families strong. So go ahead, ushers. You can pass out the juice and the bread and go ahead, worship team. When Jesus was with his disciples, he made such an impact on them that they risked their lives to continue on the good news of Jesus Christ. In our families, it feels like that sometimes, like we're sacrificing our very own life for our families to do well. All the sacrifices that you make for your family does not go unseen. God sees them all. He hears you when you cry. He sees you when you're encouraged. He also sees us when we make mistakes. And he saw all of that before he gave us the family that we have. And he still entrusted us with them. That means that, means that God can still move in your family. He can do wonders. Some of you have little ones right now, and they're, or maybe they're just little babies. Introduce them to Jesus as quick as possible. The world is contending for them. I'd say, let's do a better job than the world because God said he's chosen us to be a part of his family. The Bible says, and this is Paul the Apostle Speaking about communion, he said, you know, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, don't forget what Jesus is capable of doing. Even on his darkest night, he still thinks of us. And then in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying that this cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. We are all, every single one of us are going to deal with difficult seasons in our family. But Jesus said, don't, don't get distracted. Don't, don't get sidetracked. Remember me. Get back to Jesus Christ and who he called us to be. And when he went on the cross and he paid the price for us, he said, it is finished. He paid the price for us all. Our sin, the mistakes that we've made, he said, I paid for it all. See, the reason why he paid our debt is so that we can concentrate on building up not focusing on our mistakes or the wrong things we did. He said, no, you're free from that. Now go be free to keep your family strong. He says, never forget me. Did you take the bread together? And there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, don't forget how powerful my blood is that I shed it all, not only so that your sins can be forgiven, but so that you'll be empowered to move into the future of being who he made us to be. You drink together. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. The Bible says, trust in the Lord, lean not with your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will guide your paths. And that's what we're going to do right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we trust you. We trust you with everything that we're doing in our lives and, and we're, we make mistakes along the way. But the good news is that you've, you've entrusted us with keeping our families strong, but not just by ourselves, but with you. That we partner up with you. That you help us to raise our kids, you help us to release, you help us to train up. You help us to become that oneness with our family. Teach us, help us to become one. Help us to understand that when we release, we release to you. We don't just release it to anything, but we release to a powerful almighty God. And so, Lord, I pray for each family here represented today that as you continue to build them up and move in their lives, that your spirit would permeate every single part of the family, from our children to our, to our grandparents, our great-grandparents, extended to our aunties and our uncles, our cousins, our relatives, our brothers and sisters that we'll see your power involved in every single part of them. And even as we pray to you, when we, when we don't see things happening, that we would trust that you're doing something. And in time, we will see your promises come to pass. What a great day that will be. But we lift them up to you. We trust you with all that we have. You're a wonderful God, a majestic God. The heavens declare your glory. And we do too. Your precious name we pray, and we all said amen.